As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new addition, filling positions. Looking at devoiding myself and feeling what's missing. Watch the way you going, better go in the right direction. In the moment you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, no patience. Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version. I'm never gonna give up, give up. Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up. You're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show on WNHHLP. 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Salutations, New Haven. Thank you, 103.5 FM, New Haven, for this opportunity. Thank you, Tom Fricklin, for this opportunity to guest host. And thank you, Harry, for being our engineer. Uh, we got a great show for you today. We've been hearing about this teacher shortage crisis now for three years. We've done other shows on it. And today, I figured we need to go to the source. We need to talk to teachers. It's just like, if you wanna know what's, what's, what the struggles are in our schools, you should be talking to teachers, you should be talking to children. But let's talk to teachers today. I got great teachers. I'm gonna allow them to introduce themselves. I'll call them out and teachers, what you should do is just tell us who you are, your name and where you teach and, uh, and maybe what your passion is, all right? So I'm gonna start with the order the people that linked on it was regina it was frank and and it was uh shakira and i don't see d marshall with us yet but all right so regina could you introduce yourself and tell us who you are all right hi um so i'm regina gutmighton i teach in manchester connecticut um this is my going to be my 23rd year in manchester um i am now going to be teaching third grade um, I did sixth, fifth, fourth. I'm going down the line. Um, before coming to Connecticut, I taught in New Jersey for one year, and I taught six years in New York City and one year in the Philippines. So altogether, thirty something years. How about Thank the passion? You. Oh, passion. Um, I, as you can see, in my shirt. I'm Filipino, um, and I'm proud, and I want people to see the different ethnicity that comprises America. And so we need to shine a light because for so long, these ethnicities were not celebrated and they are America so diverse that we have contributed so much to what America is. And now it's time to shine a light. And so that's my passion. Well, one of them. In Hamilton, there's a line that says, immigrants get the job done. So yes. Frank, Mr. Uh, Frank, could you do the same? Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and, and your passion. Sure. Um, I, my name is Frank McGoldrick. I work for uh, Newington Public Schools. Um, I'm a teacher at the high school in Newington. Um, I teach English, social studies, uh, uh, media, um, which uh, which is a big part of what I do. And then um, uh, I, I've been doing this for for quite a while. I um, uh, I, ended, I, I ended up in the prison system when I first got certified because there were no jobs in public school. Did that for six years. And then beyond that, now it's been over 30 years in, in public school. Uh, and so um, I'm looking at the possibility of retiring in, in two years. So that'll be 32 years at that point. Um, and uh, uh, my passion, I have lots of them, I admit, but, um, but uh, reading is one of them. Uh, my mother was a reading specialist and so when I chose my sixth year, that was one reason why I went toward reading. And that's how I met Dr. Turner. 
and uh, we've been good friends ever since. Um, uh, uh, music, writing, uh, history, religion, these are all things that are uh, very important to me, but education is in my blood. My mother was a teacher, as I said, and, uh, and, and I saw all the challenges she went through. And then when I went into teaching, uh, you know, it's given me a perspective uh, that probably has helped me survive uh, a, a lot of different uh, scenarios. But uh, I work for a good district. I'm happy in, in, in my profession in, in terms of, you know, choosing teaching. I, I still can't really think of anything else I really want to do. But at the same time, uh, it, it has its challenges. So before we move on to Shakira, right, because I was your teacher one time, and I'm thinking you might be about 10 years younger than me. And so if you're going to retire in two years, I don't want to say our age, but I'm still going at 68. I'm mm -hmm. thinking like you're exactly the kind of teacher we should be finding reasons to keep in the school elevated. So some of that will come to today. Same thing. I've, I've, I've asked, I've only asked teachers I admire and highly respect to be on the show today. Next is going to Thank be Shakira you. Perez, and she's a superstar. Shakira, can you introduce yourself? Maybe Hello, I oh, am. There you go. <laughs> I'm Shakira Perez. Um, I work for Hartford Public Schools. I've been there. I'm now entering my 17th year with Hartford Schools, um, 19 years total teaching. I am an ELA teacher, but also teaching the capstone course at our school. Um, a passion. Ha. So I, I love to travel and um I didn't do, I didn't go out of the country this summer, but I'm hoping to go out of the country next summer. But I, that's one of my, one of my passions is just to see the world and learn from the world. So travel, you mm. also are one of our writing project people. And I was here this summer to witness oh, yes. a group of kids that you were here with Erin Margaret. Yeah. Uh, and, and what was interesting to me is on the last day, you know, once I'm the kind of kid that when I was in school, when the bell rang, the teacher didn't even see me. I was outside the building that quick. <laughs> or you can turn off the lights. I yeah. was gone. But I watched those, I watched the 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 young kids in the in the writing project. And and I was over here because I had to keep the place open. And I said, Well, five minutes they should all be gone. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes, mm -hmm. thirty minutes, forty minutes, an hour. I was like, Hey, I gotta come out and take a picture. You people, it's na 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 na. Hey, hey, goodbye. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's a passion too so for me definitely that imagine our young people mm -hmm. who can't get enough of writing so anyway that's a special thing anyway yeah. so Thank you. oh you're welcome so i don't we were we might be joined by d marshall d marshall is from new haven uh she's a middle school teacher reading teacher a uh, wonderful teacher probably having some problems getting on uh, and then Joe Lee, a Danbury teacher at the alternative school, got sick this morning. So I think oh. it's probably going to be the three of us over here. Not the three, uh, four of us, if I include myself. Yes. So I'm going to, I, I want to start us off with some basics. Uh, when people ask me, how do you fix education? And I say, you go to the people who are, are there. So in medicine, you can't approve a new medicine without talking to the patients, the caregivers, the family. You cannot, there's no way you can't approve any medicine 
any 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 uh, treatment, uh, it will not be allowed if you can't do that. And they consider that that discussion. So, so I'll give you an example. We've all taken cough medicine, and you see on the bottle it says, you know, might feel nauseous. Well, there is no test for nauseous. There's no quick test. They have to ask you, do you feel nauseous? Do you feel dizzy? Do you feel tired? There are no tests for these things. They have it's observational data, so they would be saying. Well, Dr. Turner, you look like you're falling asleep now. Are you? You know, that kind of stuff. So, but that's considered hard data. So I wanted to bring us together today because I think there's a missing link in this teacher shortage crisis. So some, some facts I think I want the public to know. In 1970, 20% of university students chose education as their major, 20%. Today, it is 4% and still dropping. Uh, so, and that's an 80% drop in the number of students who want to become teachers. So the shortage isn't coming out of, out of left field. It's been building for a long time. And there's some reasons to that. Well, I think we'll be able to talk about that. Um, I, I've asked you three to be here because you find great joy in teaching. So you're exactly the kinds of people. The other thing is since COVID, we're down 300,000 teachers in our public schools. Another 200,000 school support staff and employees, everything from social workers, counselors, to bus drivers, to cafeterias, to custodians, they are crucial employees in the schools. So we are down a half a million of, of, of those people. And I, uh, when policymakers, when I'm talking with policymakers, uh, I have a conversation with them because a little over two years ago, I did a teacher shortage show after I saw the bulletin boards going to New York in outside New Haven saying, teachers needed, teachers needed up, up, up over there. The billboards were up all over the road and I've never saw them before. I'm like, like Mr. McGoldrick, when I was there, um, I, it was tough to find a job. I was, I was, I was surprised they would even hire me anyway. That was like, you hired me? Do you know what you're doing? Uh, <laughs> that kind of concept. But, but in any event, now I'm telling my teachers, there's a job for everybody. The question is, how do we keep you? That's, that's what we want to talk about today. And I, I did put in the chat box for our listeners, CEA, uh, the Connecticut Education Association, has a nice little piece about recruiting and retaining teachers over there. But my policymakers are not, uh, not quite understanding that they're chasing down getting new teachers and we need new teachers. We have to up from that 4% back to that 20%. Um, and and we could, there are ways we can do. But if that's all we're doing, what we're doing is, is trying to fill a pail with multiple holes with water. Because if we don't work on retention, if we don't work on keeping, Frankie, you're not supposed to be leaving in two years. What can we do? Can we give you that big bonus, Shakira? Can we send you on vacations out of the country? You know, paid junkets and stuff. We do it for our politicians, and you know, uh, but I'm just okay. saying over there. And uh, this concept, how do we keep us? So I see this as being a, a major point because uh, the provost, Julian Vasquez Helic at the uh, Western University of Michigan, used to be the Dean of Education at the uh, University of Kentucky. 
during COVID, when we all, our, our enrollments dropped and shrank away and we were begging people to come, you, if you were breathing, you could be a student at our universities. But he had a, um, a 258% increase in enrollment during that time. And, and his piece, and I remember when he was on the show, we were talking about the shortage at back then. And he said something to me. He said, the way to start is to go right into our schools right now, every administrator, every legislator, every policymaker, and start having town halls and start asking teachers, what would keep you another year, another five, another 10? Could we keep you for 15? You know, Shakira, I think she said, I don't know, 17 or something. We could keep her for 35, Frank. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Good retirement benefit. You know? <laughs> uh, we, we could keep her there. So what do we do? So, so that component. Also, one more piece of data I want people to know is uh, we've actually had shrinking income mm-hmm. in teaching. So when we do adjustments for inflation, what we find is we're making less today than we did teachers who were becoming teachers in the 70s, not only the 70s. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we're like $29 more adjusted for inflation than teachers in 1996. So that, so it's money, those things. But so I wanted to, to, to start off with a simple question. I'm going to follow Regina, then we'll go to Shakira and we'll go to Frank, because this is my little list on the side that I'm following. Uh, and I want to ask you, Regina, what can we do to keep you teaching for 35 years? And and your and the teachers in your school who might be, yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. talking about leaving. Right. So I hear this a lot, especially with young teachers. They can't make ends meet. You talked about salary, right? And then on top of that, they have student loans, right? So if let's say I want to expand my myself and go back and study more, I can't afford student loans at this time, right? But then that's also hindering my growth. And if I want to grow as a person and be more productive inside my classroom in my district, I want to, I need more knowledge, right? So we can't do that. Um, this brings me back when I first started in um, New York City. Um, I actually was recruited from the Philippines as a teacher because there was a teacher shortage in the 80s, in the late 80s. So that's 35 years ago, I came to America as a teacher. They they gave me a working visa. I was able to work through the Archdiocese of New York. And Fordham University actually gave the teachers 50% off the tuition. So I was able to afford getting my master's, right? So if you think about that, if we have universities here in Connecticut that will allow teachers to get a, a discount, even 30%, 20%, that will help a lot. And for teachers who are in the districts already, if we want to expand ourselves. We want to do library science or reading specialists. If we can get that kind of discount from our local universities and colleges, that will keep us within Connecticut, within the educational field. Because we want teachers who are progressive. We want teachers to, to be learners themselves, lifelong learners. But if we can't afford it, I know a different um, industry that can feed me better, feed me better. So I think that's one of the things that we can do is, you know, uh, in conjunction or working with local universities and colleges and provide teachers with that opportunity for not just personal growth, but learning so that we can give back to our communities at a discounted rate and we won't be burdened because, you know, at, at this point, we have families who rely on us, who depend on us. And so if that 
that's going to be very helpful if that were to happen. Def definitely. They're leaving. Uh, they're leaving our universities with about $35,000 in, in debt. Uh, it's like a mortgage. So by the time you pay, mm -hmm. you're paying over probably around $150,000 back. That means $150,000 not invested in new houses and new cars in vacations. So, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So help them pay their loans, discounts. And just for a heads up to let you know, because I'm the old man in the room. And so the old man in the room, when I'd worked for Jersey City, New Jer the Jersey City Public Schools in New Jersey, uh, any master's degree that any teacher wanted to get, as long as you got an A, it was free. Uh, if you got a B, it was 80%. If you got a C, it wow. was 70. Any lower than that, they wouldn't pay. Uh, but I ended up with two master's degrees. One was for supervision for administrators, and the second was for reading. And, and, and so that kind of stuff, I mean, if we understood what we've lost, and then one of the most successful turnarounds for a district in, in America was Union City, New Jersey, uh, who what they did was they decided to pay for master's degrees for their teacher, predominantly Hispanic district, uh, overwhelming 70% of the population. And they, they, they decided they would target those master's degrees. And what they looked for was literacy, ESL, and bilingual education. And they, they, they went from pre-K all the way to the 12th grade. And they said, we will put together cohorts of teachers who will have a choice to take one of those master's degrees, and we will pay for it. And we will even give them a stipend. And they had a, probably one of the biggest urban turnarounds in test scores in the nation. So imagine if every teacher in your school in a predominantly district of immigrants had a bilingual mm -hmm. background had a, or an ESL or a literacy background. So I'm just saying that the world where there are things we can do and you're right. So Shakira, what can keep you, what could keep all your colleagues? Cause I'm, I'm assuming, I, I think you and I are like in a way, my colleagues are saying, why don't, why aren't you retired? We got to get out of this place. And I'm like, I want to stay. So Shakira, can you share us about what would keep you for 35 years? Well, you know, um, it's, um, I was listening, you know, listening to you all and, and just thinking about, I was recently last month at the American Federation of Teacher Conference down in DC and um, Dr. Miguel Cardona was the keynote speaker one of the days. And I've heard him speak before at another event and his message was very clear and it was, you know, he, he says in order to keep and retain um, more teachers is to follow like the ABCs, right? The ABCs of teaching. And he said that the A is giving us agency, you know, giving us the ability and, and giving us a sense of power that it, within our own classrooms, mm -hmm. sometimes many curriculums are prescribed and it's like, well, am I teaching or am I just am I assigning a worksheet and guiding you through it? Like I got into teaching because I wanted to be creative and I wanted to come up with different ways of learning and things like that and not assign a page in a workbook. Um, and then he said uh, the B was better teaching conditions. So that involves the prep time that involves you know, what you were saying as well, Regina, like helping us better ourselves through personal and professional development. Um, and also just, 
you know, we're always talking about the social emotional health of the students, but you have to think about the teacher's social emotional health as well, because if you can't have teachers, if we're all crazy and, and, and depressed and stressed and all of this stuff. And, um, and then the last one he said, again, um, is the competitive salary that was deceived. Um, and, and, you know, pay us, we should be up there with doctors, you know, the, you, you mentioned the CEA and I've, I've seen, they have a commercial that I've seen and it's, um, it's there because of a teacher slogan. And it's true. Like everything that professionals are, everything that everyone is in this world, whether you're, you know, a blue collar worker or whatever it is, it's because of a teacher. Like you had to go to school. Someone had to teach you something. So pay us that way. So pay us. We know that if we went to Singapore or Japan, the salary is four times as high. How's that? I've, I've, I've visited China twice. China can be a tough place like the U.S. Uh, uh, classroom sizes are, are, can be 50 to 70 students. Uh, but what do we have in China? Teachers teach two classes every day. And it's not that they're, they're, they're not doing other things. That's when they get a chance to tutor and work with students and work together. They do a lot of peer self-evaluations and supporting of each other. Uh, so there's so many things that I, I think about. If uh, I'm going to ask you, because one of the emails, you know, I'm, I post a lot on Facebook and stuff, and so people tend to follow me. So one of the teachers said, are you going to talk about all the hours we work every week that no one pays us for. So I'm going to start with Shakira. Shakira, do you work any extra hours that no one's paying you for in your teaching job? Oh, of course. Of course. Um, you know, there's always, e even in the summer, supposedly I'm supposed to be off and not thinking about anything, but I am. I'm thinking about curriculum. I'm thinking about how am I going to, you know, do what I do something differently than I did last year. So, you know, while yes, it is on my own time, I can do it at two, three o'clock in the morning, but I am still working. There's, there's no, um, there's no rest for the weary. Uh, even, even when we are supposedly on vacation. And then even when our day ends at three o'clock, two forty-five, three o'clock, it doesn't end because you still have to go home and you're either revising a lesson or in my case, even all, almost 20 years in, I still rehearse lessons. I still go over it with my imaginary students in my office because you want to make sure that you are you are well prepared and you anticipate the questions that the students may answer. So it's not just I mean, they, that they may ask. It's not just like delivering information. It's it's really thinking about it's just a mental preparation right? It's not typing out the lesson. It's not, you know, delivering. It's if There's so much mental preparation that goes into each and every lesson, each and every day, not just for 180 days, but like all year. You got it. You got it. The average teacher works 15 hours without pay every week mm -hmm. in school. 15 hours, now think about, it. do we, can I do this to nurses? Can I do this to firemen? Can I do this to Trump lawyers? Say, hey, you guys are going to work without pay. <laughs> you know, just 15 hours in that courtroom. I don't want to get making light of it, but I'm, I'm saying that I don't know any other profession 
No, even they have a cap. Truck drivers have a cap. Firemen mm-hmm. have a cap. Nurses, you can't work more than I don't know how many shifts before you burn out. But we don't have that. And and, so, and this is a piece. So Frank, I'm going to come to you because Frank, I've, uh, I've not only was he one of my students, I don't know how much damage I've caused him over his career. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but I hope you unlearned everything I taught you. <laughs> but one thing that I, I, I actually, uh, I spent some time in Frank's classroom uh, just before COVID for a couple of years uh, with my bringing my teachers to work with his students. And Frank, do you ever go home? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 we were my class starts at four thirty. You're still there. You're still doing stuff. We're leaving at seven thirty, and I'm thinking you're going to walk out of the building with me, and you're still there. No, I'm still there. Yeah. So tell um, us about the unpaid hours. Well, I, I mean, that's a huge part. Uh, the, the the truth is, I've never found a way to do the job well without putting those hours in. Really, really you know, I mean, it, it's just the way it is, and um, uh, I think that the perception of teachers um, outside of education is, you know, people are concerned that you're not getting away with something or whatever. And I'm saying to myself, you know, you're, you're obviously not doing the job, you know, um, and, or when somebody comes to me and says, oh, you know, I love that vacation time you have. And I'm like, you mean my unpaid time? You know, in other words, we're not, you know, and, 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 and of course, you know, I end up doing curriculum and things like that in the summer. And so you end up doing other things too, but, but it's just, there's this perception in America that, you know, that you're somehow getting away with something. And I'm like, you know, no, honestly, if you, if I have some corporate friends, I've said to them, Hey, you know, if you want to take six weeks or eight weeks off unpaid, you know, truthfully then you can have this experience if that's really what you want but that's not what I went into teaching for but at the same time you know I understand the perception but I also understand how my friends who have gone to other places have been treated very differently yeah matter of fact I had a teacher in high school an English teacher in high school who left she retired um, from Connecticut and she went to India and she and her husband and they their reaction, because I, I kept in touch with the family, their reaction was, you wouldn't believe how teachers are treated in another place. And I remembered that, um, you know, and, and at the time, I was not intending to go into teaching either. So, um, you know, but I but I do, I, I do recognize that one of the core things that legislators and, and, uh, and actually anybody who's involved in this situation really needs to to, to do is is to try to change the perception American perception of education as being this Ichabod crane type thing where well you know um, uh, we're gonna take this guy who needs money we're gonna give him a place to live we're gonna give him the lowest salary we can possibly think of and he's just gonna do it because he loves the kids and he love you know and there's some truth to that don't get me wrong I mean as I understand as a teacher you know a good teacher yeah you're committed to it it's, it is your passion and so that's important but at the same time we have to remind ourselves that that uh you know that that very Yankee way of of, of thinking in terms of we can we can get this for the cheapest price possible is is really it has to change as a matter of fact i'm i'm thinking as you were talking you know in 1986 my mother was was a teacher at the time and i had no intention of going into teaching uh i was in college and um and uh, going into media i was already in media to some degree 
and I was taking a degree in English writing. And several people came to me and said, you're going to be a teacher. And I said, no, not going to happen. You know, I'm, 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 I love writing. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but you know, music, especially too. And, and, but I'm, I'm not going in that direction. Well, they had the enhancement act 1986 and my mother's pay went from about 18 to 22 or something like that. Um, uh, when, by the way, when she started, she was making $4,000 a year. So, and that was in 1966 or something. I don't know. But, um, but, but just to give you an idea. So, you know, when you're talking today about, you know, how do we, how do we change things? Well, one of the things was my mom came to me and said, you know, you, you might actually want to think about teaching because, you know, and I said, oh, I couldn't support a family. And, 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 and my dad had made that comment a few times. He was an engineer. He wasn't in teaching. And so in his, you know, in our house, basically my mom's job was seen as somewhat secondary. The irony, by the way, was that she ended up with, you know, in a better situation and helped my dad later on, you know, so corporate life isn't perfect either. Don't get me wrong. But but, you know, knowing that um, that increase happened, uh, I I started to seriously think about, you know, teaching as a profession. So, you know, I think one of the first things we have to do is is we have to get legislators to realize um, we have so few kids going into teaching that I've, I've had experience with, number one, but, but even I have two, two daughters who are excellent students. Uh, one of them, I think she would make a wonderful teacher, but yeah, actually both of them to some degree, but, but, but neither one of them would consider it. And, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to push it, you know? Um, and, and, and the reason, one of the reasons is that, you know, they're, they're looking and they see how much stress there is. They see I'm up at midnight. I get up at four thirty. You know, they they see the 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 constants of the job. I'm happy in my profession. I actually love what I do, but even then, they're like, Dad, you know, it's it's miserable and I'm, at times. And I'm and I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, so, but I but I, I think the legislators need to recognize that, that we're not attracting these good students. We're not attracting people who could be going into teaching to, to help others. A lot of times there's a lot of focus right now too, of course, on the medical field and these up and coming fields. But, but people forget that when I was in, in high school, uh, you know, the up and coming field was law and all these people were going into law. Well, we had all these people educated as lawyers and then they didn't get jobs, you know? Um, so, so, you know, uh, that's just the way our, our 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 system works. But but when I when I do think of um, you know how the perception of teaching uh, affects things, um, you know I, I really think that if we could if we could highlight some of the really good things about the job, that that would certainly help. But but we also have to address some of the things that just happen because of teaching, because of the way things are done in teaching. You know, like I, I'll give you one example, and this has nothing to do with the district I work in. It actually has to do with just the nature of of, of education. But you, a lot of times you'll say to me, Frank, how come you how come you put your own money in there? <laughs> um, well, first of all, you know sometimes things just don't work out easily to get what you need to get when you need and when you need it. And study.com is something I use every every year. Uh, and it's a, it's a good program. I, you know, uh, I actually had to fight for it years ago. 
it was $140 a, a month out of pocket. I remember that. I paid for it for a while myself. Then finally, the district started to pick it up and they recognized how, how good it was. The problem is that every year, study.com will contact me and say, oh, your membership ran out in August, yeah, at the end of August. And then study.com, you know, they're like, well, you're, you're, you know, you, you, it's not going to work if you don't get that, that, get that money in right now, you know? Well, of course it takes till October till the process of central office with the PO and all that kind of stuff happens. So in the meantime, I end up contacting them, going back and forth, creating my own membership, paying out of pocket. And then, um, because I can't start the year with something that doesn't work and, and you know, that just doesn't make any sense. So, so it's worth it, you know, for me, but people will say, well, you know, so why'd you put your own money in? Well, to be honest, it, 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 it doesn't make sense the way it's done. It just, it just doesn't. And, and, and it's something where I have to step up and do it. I really have never minded doing that, but I think, you know, people have a tendency to, to forget that that's, you know, that's the reality. You know, you do these things all the time. It's not only staying up and doing your planning, which is it's certainly important, but it's all the other pieces that just, you know, just don't always fit easily and you have to make them fit. Um, you know, uh, today we're contacting individual parents a lot more uh, with, with students who are, are, are not following through and doing the, the, some of the basic work, that kind of thing. Um, so now those hours are, you know, uh, there's, there's even more weight, you know, with that. So it's not, you know, it's, if you're putting in a little bit of money on your own, it's also doing all these hours. It's, it's also, you know, um, uh, um, you know, just, just, just things that, 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 you know, uh, just don't fit easily. Um, and, and I think that that's one, one thing that we might be able to address in basic, basic ways that um, would make it, you know, how we advertise it to new teachers or whatever, I don't really know, but like an ex another example, I know I'm going on here, but, 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 I, but you know, just um, the uh, insurance, you know, our medical insurance, it starts July 1st every year. You have a $4,000 deductible. So you're getting paid over the summer, you know, you're, you're, you're getting paid a balloon check, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and now you're making that stretch, you know, you pay your mortgage, you do all these different things. And then all of a sudden, you know, out of the, out of the scenario in the last five years now, Oh, I got to make sure I've got another $4,000 put aside to cover all that mm -hmm. stuff, you know? And I, and, and so I've commented to some of my friends who are not in teaching and they're like, well, our, our, our medical insurance starts January 1st. Why on earth would you start July 1st when you're not getting paid? You know, these are just things that have been created by other people. Maybe they didn't realize what they were doing. You know, that's possible. Um, but, 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 you know, just things that are, and, and, and I think about some of those things and I'm like, those are just ridiculous things that don't have to exist. Um, and I think that, you know, teachers leave sometimes, and you know, they go off, after dealing with this and, 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 and they say, you know, I mean, I feel like I'm in a box, like nobody really understands where I'm coming from. Um, and, and, and part of that is, you know, geez, it would be nice if we could just sit down and, and, and discuss some of those things and see if we can fix those things so that people aren't walking out with that frustration. Um, you know, and, and, and with that said, I'm going to let other people talk, but, but I just, I wanted to make, make some we, points. We, to just because I'm the old man in the room again, 
who used to get we used to get free master's degrees, okay, mm -hmm. uh, and stipends. Just forget that. That's uh, that. So we used to get that. Uh, I also am part of the uh, as a faculty member. I get longevity pay twice a year, which is sort of a little bonus you get kicked in. My newer faculty members don't get that. Mm, you know, yeah. I have a better pension plan mm -hmm. than they do. Uh, I have better b benefits than they do. Uh, and this is the nature of one of the other other things that we're we're talking about: working for working hours for free, subsidizing you know the resources of our own classrooms, uh, diminishing benefits, diminishing all this stuff. It's there. But yeah. now I want to shift it a little because there's got to be a reason. I wanted you three here today because there's a reason that you're here. So Shakira, could you tell us what what keeps you in the classroom? Don't tell us about the problems. Tell us about the good stuff. Well, um, so I was born and raised in Hartford and I'm a product of Hartford schools and um, obviously have been working in Hartford for 17 years. So I guess I am a martyr. I mean. <laughs> I, I feel that as the teacher of color, um, it's important for the students of Hartford to see themselves in me. Um, you know, I am a proud Afro-Latina and, you know, I have kids that they're just like, miss, what, what do you mean you're from Puerto Rico? You're so black. <laughs> You know, I think and, and they don't having know. those they just don't know. But having those moments with them and and I know that seems silly, but it's not. Like it makes a difference. And I mean, I live in the community. I live in Hartford too. And I have kids that live on my street and they'll see me like in my yard in the summer and not offer any help when I'm mowing the lawn, but they will say hi. <laughs> and, and to me, but to me that's so important. Like it, it just it's like having the teacher next door or the police officer next door or something like that. And, and just being a presence and, and, you know, I may not always be their favorite teacher, but they're going to remember me and, uh -huh. and, and having that special connection, you know, having, being able to, even though I don't speak Portuguese, for example, but being able to speak to that student that just came from Brazil in Spanish, somehow we're communicating and her being at ease or having students come. So it's it's not just giving the lesson for me. It's just being there as someone that they can look up to with the hopes that they would want to do what I do. So you are not the model, not the model. You're the role model. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm the role model. You're, 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 <laughs> you're the role model. Or model. Role model. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I, it's, we're not going to attract new teachers. You say, well, how would you like to be a model? Oh, that's true. That's yeah, right. A role <laughs> model, y'all. How would you like to be a role model? And yeah. how would you like to give back to your community? Mm -hmm. and, and how would you like to make a difference? And I'm going to, before I'm going to move to uh, uh, Regina next, but but something that uh, old mayor of Hartford, Eddie Perez, told me once. Eddie Perez. No relation. You know, you know, okay. But, you know, Eddie uh, Harford had just signed a, a, a horrible teaching. The teachers had signed a contract that gave them a 1% pay increase the first year and, and no pay increases for the next two. 
that means you're going to make less money than when you started. And so I was at a at an event with Mayor Perez, and I said to Mayor Perez, um, I said, how are you getting away with that? Why would you do that? And and he's a political animal. And I'm, I'm not saying, you know, he's an animal. I'm just saying he's it, right. politicians mm -hmm. can give you some truth. And he said to me, 97% of my teachers in this district do not live here. They don't vote for me. I don't care. How's that? And so, Regina, you're not only, I mean, Regina, sorry, Shakira, you're the, also the role model who stays. You're voting. And, and this is something that's different now because when I, just like I, I think you said, you know, the, the firemen, the policemen, the teachers, they lived in our neighborhoods. And, and that was the neighborhood I grew up in. So, of course, we had role models all around us of, of, of you know, and, and I grew up in, in a city in, in, in extreme poverty, but we had those teachers lived in the district with us. And while I had no college educated family members, I had three high school educated family members. I had college educated people living in my community, I had firemen, policemen, nurses, I had principals living in the community. Uh, and, and, and they would, I would look up and say, maybe I could do that. You know, so I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Regina? Yes. Give us what, what's keeping you there? Oh, um, Regina, hold it, hold it, wait a minute. She yeah. was one of our Anna Grace Diversity Award winners where we honor teachers who use diverse books to reach their students. And so I just had to throw it in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so education is a vocation. Being a teacher is a vocation. You're in it for the long haul, right? So you need to find something within you to make you stay. And that's why the saying goes, the three reasons why a teacher stays in the field is June, July, and August. Yeah. <laughs> no. Because that, those are your months for self-care. Those are the months where you pour into yourself to steal yourself for the coming school year. So um, so why am I here? It's because I enjoy in being com in community with diverse um, families. So in Manchester, super diverse community. But then I have um, I have families parents who come to me and say, this is the first time my child is interacting with a Filipino teacher. And that is one of the reasons why I stay, because I want to be able to show students, Asian students, that there are Asian teachers, right? And that um, we find similarities, we celebrate those similarities, we definitely celebrate that diversity within the community, but we might find those connections. Oh, um, there was one year um, I do a unit on traditions and there was one year that students wrote about rice, right? Because everyone eats rice. So um, as a celebration, everyone brought a rice dish from home. So you have, um, you know, from from the Africa, uh, African continent, they brought in their their um, rice dishes. And then the, um, the um, people um, who are from the United States. They said, well, we eat regular rice. And then I said, think about the things that you, that are um, native to America. And they go, Rice Krispie treats. There you go, that's a rice dish. <laughs> so so at that particular year, we just focused on rice and we had 16 dishes of rice. 
and that is a celebration right there in itself, the commonality, right? So I am here, I, I stay because I celebrate diversity. I, I rejoice in the commonalities and I find joy in that, in, in being in communion with all different um, families and ethnicities. And in fact, just um, a few weeks ago, one of my old students, um, you know, she's in high school now. I taught her in fifth grade and she's in high school. And she says, I'm, I'm going into, um, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up, she said, in fifth grade. And now she's a junior and her older brother is a senior and he's going to UConn and the path to medical school. And that brings joy, right? That they come back and they update you and that they remember you. Not because of you teaching them how to read, but because there's something um, as, a, as a bonus, right? That, mm-hmm. that you lighted something in their lives at that moment. So that keeps me going because every year there's gonna be a story. Oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> but there's always a story, right? And mm-hmm. if my memory can just house everything, oh my gosh, that's a lifetime of joy. So mm-hmm. there's always a story. Yes. Uh, I did want to remind us, you mentioned about the self-care, the breaks in the summer. And I did want to mm-hmm. remind us those are unpaid. So just to keep yes. that in there. Uh, but, yes. you know, just just that there, Frank would let me get away with that. <laughs> bring us down to one minute kind of rounds. And I want to ask you the question, because a lot of my my experienced teachers, and even my new teachers now are coming to me and saying, it's all about the test. They don't really care what I know, you know, and and and, and I've had a, I, I posted in the chat box earlier, 15 percent of our teachers are leaving mid year. And those are a lot of our new teachers. So one of them came to me last year and said, they don't care what I know. They don't care what I want to teach. All they keep, they, all I do is enter data all day on, on and, and it's about this test that my students hate and I hate. So let me ask you, start with you, Frank. Uh, has, has, has all this standardized testing inspired you? <laughs> you know, to make no. you remain, you know, so you can enter the data. Uh, you know, honestly, um, in, 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 in the district that I work in, uh, we, we really are lucky uh, that that we, we did get beyond the, the kind of the testing mindset to some degree many years ago. I mean, it, you know, in other words, with that map testing and all that kind of stuff that went away that, you know, so that that certainly improved. And and I, uh, you know, but we still deal with, of course, objectives and all those things. Um, you know, I think that the the, the mindset um, you know, uh, is, 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 is basically that, that, you know, somehow, uh, we can, we can clarify or we can, we can quantify every little thing. And, 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 and we're, we're dealing with a profession that, that, that all, most of the things we're working with really are not, they don't fit in that box. Um, you know, that, but at the same time, um, I, you know, I, I, I will say, um, I, 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 I still love what, what I'm doing. I still do intend to continue teaching, by the way, after retirement. I should mention that. But, um, you know, uh, but at the same but at the same time, I think the this whole idea of 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 testing and everything um, or anything like that, it's it's really the outside world trying to and, and to some degree education buying into it. But but trying to, to put everything in a box and say this is going to fit this way. 
And that, you know, uh, and I work in a suburban district and, 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 you know, we're, we're also dealing with certainly, uh, you know, the need for diversity and, and with, with teachers and, and, uh, you know, we're, we've been doing uh, equity as a concentration for, for about four years now. Um, you know, all those things are very important. Problem is that you just have so many of these things, you know, so many problems to deal with. Uh, thank God, though, in the big picture. Um, I do look at it as a vocation. I really do look at education as something I love doing. And uh, and I just wish, though, that that we would be able to find a, a better way to fix some of the problems uh, and make it make it uh, more feasible for new people to go into it and for people to stay. All right. So we've got that. Shakira, uh, is all that testing and entering that data inspiring you? You know, I have mixed feelings about it. I am not um, a standardized testing person. However, I do um, use it um, as data, right? They're data points. That's, I don't, I always tell my kids that number doesn't define you. It's just letting me know what I need to help you with. If it's, you know, reading comprehension or if it's making inferences or something like that, it's, it's more so I try not to think of it so negatively and think of it more as I get to create a specialized um, learning plan mm -hmm. for my students. So it's not, you know, I know there's like a, a negative feeling about it, but it's like, yeah, but think of what you can do with it. How can you help your student with it? So I'm, I'm not, do I like all the testing? No, not necessarily, but I do think it's necessary. So we've got that piece, got it there. Now we're going to go to Regina. But that's good. We, if we're asked to do something and we have data, we should try to use it. Absolutely. That, that's, that makes perfect sense there. Regina, um, yeah. has the testing, are you, does it inspire you? Well, I see every student as multifaceted. Testing scores, just one part. That's not the end all and be all. So mm -hmm. no, I look at other parts. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's, Something that we have to do, we have to give the test, we have to look at the results, but let's try to cultivate other parts of that individual because we need to empower them and believe in themselves. And if they can, the test scores will go up, I think, right? We need to, un I'm, I just finished reading that book, Unearthing, Unearthing Joy, right? And, and school, school should not be this. Yes, we that's the it, one. I didn't Yes, I did an audio book. So when I went ah. to the gym, pouring into myself, when I would go to the gym, I would be listening to it. And it's this whole, you know, from the early 90s, when we do thematic units, and you do all different subjects in one, that's the kind of multifaceted education that we really need. And the desk scores will just go higher once these kids are empowered and feel that they know more than the paper and pencil we're expecting them mm -hmm. to, to do. So, so in, in, a, in a couple of minutes, Harry's going to start playing music on us. Not yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, I do want us to know that nationally and internationally, the focus on assessments is balance assessment frameworks, which talk about multiple data points and all the data matters and all of it counts and no data is superseded. That's the standard in, 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 in assessment. Uh, and I remind people that assessment, the Latin root is to sit with, not do something to a student. You're with them, you're learning from them and they're learning from you, that kind of piece. So uh, we're down to sort of our, 
I'll, I'll last like sign offs to people. And really, I'd, I'd love you to share uh, uh, why people should become teachers. I need new teachers badly. We need them. And we do need to keep them, but I think you've been a good examples of what keeps people in, in the profession. But what about, what can you say in, I don't know, 30 seconds about getting someone to come into our profession? Frank, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I would say it's very fulfilling. There's a, there's a lot of positive that you get back from it. I mean, there and there are thousands over the course of your career. There are thousands of kids that you've had this connection with, and and uh, the ones that graduate and they still keep in touch with you and all these different things. And you know, it's a wonderful thing. And 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 I live in the town that I teach in. There are times where honestly, uh, your parents have always been wonderful. The kids are generally are wonderful when I see them in someplace. Like you were saying, that's so so inspiring. It really is. And it's and and if we uh, uh, if, if, if there was a way to package that and say, this is what, this is that great feeling you're going to get from, from teaching, uh, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And, and because you think of it as a vocation, like you said, honestly, um, you know, you, it, it, you're blessed to do it. And, and, and that truly matters. Uh, where very few people in their professions can say, hey, you know, I really feel that, that I've been specially blessed by doing this career. All right, Regina, tell, tell uh, give those newbies reason to come. Yes, be a teacher. You'll make more, not money, but you'll <laughs> make more for your heart, right? And your community. So. And and just be that leader, right? You're going to make more. All right, Shakira, help us I out. I mean, teachers are superheroes. You have mm -hmm. powers that no one else has. You literally shape the world. So... If you want to join this league of Avengers, then, or not Avengers, but of, you know, something that we are super powerful, do it. <laughs> and, uh, just to kind of bring us to conclusion before Harry's music begins, uh, <laughs> people ask me why I've stayed so long. And I've also done a lot of protesting and I'm always fighting for, for children, teachers and families and education. I'm known for being that voice. And it's something my mother used to tell me. She used to say, she's a little church kid. So she'd say, you know those apostles? Well, I said, well, yeah, I, I, I know them. She said, they were witnesses. Yeah. And so a lot of the stuff that teachers do, I think we're witnesses to the humanity or the inhumanity of our world. And yes, we're superheroes and stuff. So Harry, how are we doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You were a blessing. You're my superheroes. Yeah. As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'm gonna roll with what I'm giving. Got some main ambition, this new addition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you're stressing, but you're gonna be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Hate is swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never gonna give up, give up. Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah. Cause this is